Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 46. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday, Steelers Nation, as Pittsburgh enjoyed their mini bye week watching the rest of the division win and play this weekend as the Pittsburgh Steelers enjoyed their 20 to 16 win over the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. Dave, how you doing? How was your weekend? It was good. I watched a lot of football, uh, and part of that included watching the Packers play the Rams. That was not as as <laughs> as, uh, as as exciting as one of the games. I made sure I had queued up so I could kind of uh, get a get a head start on that. But uh, there were a lot of exciting games, and and you know we'll we'll talk. We don't want to turn this into Dobbs. Dobbs Depot uh, here, but I have a feeling we're going to talk about Joshua Dobbs at the start of this show. And uh, look, the AFC North is, 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 is in an amazing situation right now with all four teams. Technically, if the season ended today would be in the uh, playoff picture, the Steelers didn't get any relief by any of those uh, other, other three AFC North teams. They uh, all won, but uh, yeah, look, it, it was a fun weekend with the Steelers already having a win, uh, you know, as of Thursday night to kind of sit back and not have some of those uh, things that we stress about doing on on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, got to watch a lot of football. I'm confident that if something ever happened and we needed an emergency fill in for the podcast, Josh Dobbs would step mm-hmm. in and do a tremendous job. So let, let's just talk about that really briefly. Maybe come back to it a bit later, but Dobbs getting traded from Arizona to Minnesota last Tuesday. He's the backup for that game. The starter, Jaron Hall, gets concussed, knocked out in the first quarter. Dobbs comes in, doesn't know anyone's name, never taken a snap with the center before, You know, hasn't practiced barely at all with the team, and then leads a game-winning drive uh, to win that game. That is just, just incredible. Yeah, look, and there's even that video out there of him trying to go over to Cadence with the offensive lineman <laughs> uh, on the sideline before he has to go uh, go in. And and look, it, 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 it wasn't just a game winning drive too. he made quite a few plays in that game. And even to get to uh, get to that final touchdown, uh, converted that fourth down uh, of, of, you know, uh, with his legs there to 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 extend that drive on top of it to get him in that situation there. So, man, I. You know, I don't know how how any any NFL any football fan and so particularly a Steelers fan can't that guy you just got to root for him. I mean, just uh, uh, that's the kind of guy that you you you, know, you don't mind uh, seeing do well wherever he goes there. And uh, I'm not going to be surprised if he's named NFC uh, Offensive Player of, of of the Week at this point. And you know, uh, obviously a lot of consternation. I think that you could see on social media. Uh, saying, boy, the Steelers should have kept him, you know, uh, uh, instead of, you know, re-upping, mid, you know, uh, should have maybe took, taken an opportunity to cut the cord with Mitch Trubisky and uh, uh, kept Joshua Dobbs. And, and I get that, especially, especially c- coming off what we saw on Sunday there, but there is the recency bias uh, attached to it. But, I mean, you could make a strong argument that the Steelers, you know, should have parted ways with Mitch Trubisky and, uh, brought back Josh Dobbs, right? 
Sure, you could. I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I don't know if there was a huge argument for it during the offseason. Uh, maybe some comments out there. I'm sure some people were saying that, and that's fine. I mean, I'm a big fan of Josh Dobbs and what he's capable of and his football IQ, his readiness, his professionalism, all off the charts. So, you know, we could talk about that forever and not go anywhere. I'm just really happy for Josh Dobbs and to see that guy succeed and, and have, his, have his moments that he's continued to have the last two seasons. Here's the thing with him, though, for his career, he's he's and he didn't even start a game until 2020 last season uh, 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 with the Titans. So uh, and up until that point, up until 2022, uh, he had, uh, let's see, 17 attempts and 10, 10 completions at that point. And, you know, obviously it'd been when was he drafted, Alex? Uh uh, uh, was that 17? 17, 2017. So he obviously barely played uh first several seasons in the NFL uh with the Steelers. But at, at you know, even at this point, look, he's he's had had to play for the, the Titans and 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 the Cardinals and all. Uh one and nine as a starter still. And if you look at his uh Justin Net yards for passing attempt uh number career in the 17 total games that he has played in 10 starts, it's 4.67 uh, overall, which obviously isn't isn't great. But uh, there is the recency bias. Uh, and look, we said the other day where we were talking about the uh, uh, when we were picking the Minnesota game, uh, uh, I, I thought, you know, he might be their best option. Now, obviously, you didn't know that that, you know, the kid was going to get concussed early in that game. It would have been interesting to see how that would have played out. Uh, had had who was it? Hall uh, mm-hmm. uh, stayed in the game there. But uh, uh, I, I think the main takeaway here is, man, just the guy sticking around the league and, and doing things you know, keeping himself ready at all times and then coming in and just having, you know, doing what he did on Sunday. I, I, that's the story right now. And we'll see what happens. Look, if he, this Minnesota team's in a good place right now. I think they're technically inside the playoff picture uh, right now. And and obviously you'd have to think that the Vikings are going to move forward with him, right? Yeah, I think for sure uh, with Kirk Cousins done. Yeah, I mean, they had a terrible start to the season. They're five and four. They're in second place in the division. So, yeah, it's going to be Josh Dobbs the rest of the way. Right. So uh, main takeaway is good for him. Nobody more mm-hmm. deserving uh, on this Monday morning than, than than Josh Dobbs. Absolutely. And, yeah, he's not a long-term option. I think Cardinals fans made that point clear. as you, They got more and more exposure to him. And, yeah, the record's not good, but he's been on some bad teams. The Arizona mm-hmm. team, obviously, you know, doing nothing this year. I think Dobbs is played well and just played quickly. I mean, when he made that start with Tennessee, he just got signed the week before he gets traded to Arizona days before the season begins. He becomes their week one starter, gets traded to Minnesota. And a couple days later, he gets in the game and gets a win. So I think it's remarkable the resolve that he has. And even told reporters that he had just moved into a house in Arizona, got his stuff there. And then a week later gets traded to Minnesota. Dude takes it in stride. Nothing bothers this guy goes out there and wins. And uh, paid, you know, had a tip of the cap to Mike Tomlin, you know, with uh, uh, during his post game press conference uh, on 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 Sunday as well too. Yep, saying I learned that from Coach T about the mental toughness and no excuses, just go out there and get the job done. So I know we spent a lot of time talking about Josh Dobbs to start the show, and that is not the most pressing Steelers thing. We'll talk about the most notable Steelers related thing that happened this weekend. Wanted to have something fun to talk about because we're going to get into the whole drama and social media aspect of George Pickens, which the story 
Long story short on him is that he was obviously frustrated over that Thursday night performance in which he had two catches for negative one yards, uh, missed out on a touchdown, takes to social media, has some cryptic Instagram stories, one of which was captioned, free me. And then he did the classic move of deleting all of his photos on Instagram. Or archiving, removing the semantics of it all, removing all the photos of him as a stealer, uh, changing his profile photo. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, some of that got reposted and it's back and he took Instagram to say that people are overreacting about it, all that kind of stuff. You know, what is your takeaway from all this stuff? I mean, I think it's something to talk about. Obviously, we wrote about it, but I don't think it's necessarily the huge deal that some people are making it out to be. Uh, and didn't he cut short in, in after the game the other night too? What made a report out there that he really didn't spend time with reporters and be lined it out of there? Correct. Yes. Uh, I will say this: where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. Uh, I will say this as well too. From where I sit right now, uh, look fantastic. I mean, uh, the guy makes incredible catches. Uh, we're he, need, he still needs to become a better route runner. I don't think you'll disagree with that, right? Right. He needs to, I think, consistently run his routes harder. I, I agree. Right. And the fact that he he had the opportunity to score a touchdown in that game against the Titans, and it's a bit surprising that he didn't really on, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, you know we, we've seen him make tougher catches uh, than that. Uh, he, he, he needs, he needs somebody. He, he needs, he needs a talking to from somebody, I think. And he needs to start squaring this stuff together. Cause I, I gotta be honest with you from where I sit right now. And look, the Steelers don't have a big tracker record with, with paying uh, wide receivers on a second contract anyway, but history is just that history. Uh, I, I will, I will, from what I've seen so far, I will say this. I will be surprised if he gets a second contract with the Steelers for multitude of reasons. And with one of those reasons being his attitude. What is the worst thing he's done from that standpoint over his two years with the team that we know of, at least in terms of public perception or attitude or demeanor? What is the most egregious thing that he's done? I, I just think he's immature. I, I think the biggest thing about him is he's immature, period. You think he'll grow up, though? Because he's a young I, guy. He's I, I don't know. Player. That, that's, uh, uh, I, I can tell you that it's not a great start, but he was, you know, obviously, you know, he is, he is young still. Uh, uh, some of them grow out of it. Uh, some of them don't. You know, and you're mm-hmm. dealing with a position where wide receivers are known to be divas, right? And sure. uh, uh, look, uh, you know, the, the, the social media things, the new thing now, right. Get mad, mm-hmm. uh, get upset, frustrated, you know, act out a little bit, then, then call it, uh, then, then say other people overreacted after you calm down, you know? Right. Right. Uh, it's not a great look right it's now. It's not, but is it? We've seen See, worse. We've seen far worse from sure, players, sure. specifically recently with Antonio Brown, etc. Right, but I don't think you can cookie cookie cut a uh, cook cookie cutter this e- either. You know, uh, everybody has the ability to change. 
Sure. And and you're right. Somebody has to sit down. Really, Mike Tomlin has to have a good heart to heart with George Pickens and talk about whatever, you know, Pickens, whatever he's got to say off his chest and kind of, you know, reset things. And hopefully the mini bye week help to kind of let him clear his head, chill out, relax for a little bit and get back to work. I believe the team will practice here on Monday for their bonus day. But as you said, we know that receivers want the ball. There can be that diva attitude. And while I think he has to grow up and mature, and there's no doubt about that, he's a second year guy and he's dealing with some things he hasn't had to deal with before seeing extra attention from a defense Uh, players trying to get under his skin. He talked about, you know, in that Rams game, first time really anybody's ever tried to really antagonize him and get to him and mess with him Um, dealing with, you know, not always getting the results, the productivity that you want, those types of things. So maybe I'm a little optimistic or potentially naive it's still you know the situation something to watch and and caution about but i think hopefully these are just learning experiences from a second year guy dealing with some things he's not really had to deal with to this degree before i don't think it's a code red situation Mm -hmm. but i think there is smoke there that needs attention before (laughs) you know what's what's next throwing a water cooler or or getting in the face of Matt Canada or you know having an argument and and, and all like that look he's 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 going to be in today's instantaneous video analyzation we can instantly zoom in on him seemingly not being being down on the dumps on the sideline and we've seen that more than just once this year yeah happened in Atlanta last year but I mean it's happened to a lot of guys too. Sure. So, I mean, this is not the first time a receiver's ever been mad that he's not producing for his team. Right. Uh, some, you know, Allen Robinson or Mike Tomlin or, you know, uh, somebody needs to not need, needs to talk to him, you know? Sure. I uh, agree. But- and it probably already has happened that, that, that happened all I'm not at code red where, you know, uh, but you know, w- and, until the next thing happens, you know, uh, is is it going to get worse or is it going to get better? You know, I, I don't know. All I will say is that there is smoke out there. And quite honestly, from where I sit right now, after seeing this for, for, for so many years, uh, I would bet at this moment in time that he will not see a second contract with the Steelers. Okay. I don't know if I would. I would not I would run out. Okay. I I would not run out and buy his jersey right Fair. now. Fair. Do you think, here's my overall stance, based on what I know, and there's stuff behind the scenes that, of course, we don't know, but the talent is worth the the quote-unquote headache, which it really isn't a headache to me. Um, he's more valuable as a Steeler than he would be n- not being a Steeler, is my point right now. The plays that he can make, the... He's um, not Antonio Brown in his prime, I'll tell you that. No, no, he's not. But he doesn't have the off-field actions of an Antonio Brown right. at this point either. So, you know, if, if the worst thing he does is get a little pouty on the sideline and delete or archive his Instagram posts and then goes out there and catches 100 yards in a touchdown in half the games, then I'll take that. that. That's a good trade-off to me. Right. But in this offense right now and, and for the foreseeable future, he's probably going to have a few games where he has two catches for <laughs> – you know, hopefully not negative one yard <laughs> right <laughs> yards, but there there are there there are probably going to be instances where he's not going to get the ball as much as he thinks he needs to get the ball. 
Yes, 100%. And he will have to understand, especially with Deontay Johnson back, and he's going to get his now, and there can be times where you're going to have to watch Deontay celebrate instead of you celebrating. And I think he was able to be the guy for the most part of this year before Deontay came back. He gets hurt, hurt in week one. Pickens becomes the clear number one receiver until Deontay comes back, and he's got to adjust to that here a little bit. So these are lessons that must be learned. But, you know, and I know that I know that you're not saying this, but I just see some of the chatter and it's, you know, maybe hey. lower common denominator. But it's like, oh, trade this guy. This guy's such a diva. The incident. It's just like, let's all kind of take a step back here and just let things kind of cool down. Sure, sure. No, no, I, I don't think you make a decision right now. Uh, fly off the handle. But all I'm saying is that there's smoke there that needs attention before it becomes a raging fire. Right. So we'll see. If is this can- the last time that we're going to be talking about him? You know, doing something on social media like that, uh, 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 visit what we see is seemingly pouting on the sideline. Uh, you know, is there going to be some sort of altercation on the sideline? Uh, is he going to run out, uh, after, after games, after wins and not, not, not do his time with the media. And that's the worst stuff that he does though, gets pouty and doesn't talk to the media. I mean, that's there's far worse out there, you know. I mean, I'll, yeah, obviously you want him to you know, maybe handle these things better. And I think just generally, I think he's got to be able to handle the adversity better than probably what he is. But he's never had to deal with some of this stuff before. Right. So I understand a guy, young guy, still trying to work through this stuff. He comes into the league, has a bunch of success, uh, notoriety early on, and he's now kind of dealing with okay, with success comes the attention, and DP's trying to get at you, and the bad game in a prime time situation under the lights, and maybe some frustration at himself for not capitalizing on some opportunities. He's had a couple of really close calls against Jacksonville, Tennessee. So I think he's got a lot of things he's got to work through, but I'm not ready to, uh, to dump this guy because I think he's a really talented player that hopefully will just learn from these moments. Right. And how many times have we seen just, and, and not just with the Steelers, you know, talented wide receivers around the league that, that you thought were going to, you know, had all the talent in the world, but they got in their own way. You know, sure. I mean, Mar- you know, one guy back in the news mm-hmm. cycle over the weekend, Martavis Bryant, it, there, there was a, there was a time I remember writing, writing articles about him after that kind of that first couple of years there, especially, uh, cause he, you know, he didn't see the field early in his rookie season, but boy, when he hit the field, uh, man, he, you know, he, uh, he, he, he really showed something and on into his second season. And there was a time that I thought he could might become the next Randy Moss in the NFL, you know? Uh, but he, but he got in his own way, you know. Sure, he had as much talent as any wide receiver you're ever going to see. I still marvel at that playoff catch for a touchdown against Cincinnati. Just the craziest contortion you're ever going to see, and obviously, basically threw it all away. Now he's just trying to get back into the NFL. He's going to work out with the Cowboys here, and who knows what happens from there. So, point taken on that. You've seen a lot of talented guys that have not been able to uh to to mature enough to realize and capitalize on that talent. But again, Pickens has done nothing that uh, obscene or that upsetting. He's not criticizing. He hasn't even said a bad word about the team right now. You know, he hasn't even done that. So we're not even at that point right now. What's great. And, and I, I'm, I'm overthinking this because what, this is what I do, but what happens after you get this? I mean, this guy's in his second season right now. Uh, and, and probably on, probably not going to hit a thousand yard 
yards like he wants to. I don't, it's still time. How many yards does he have? Uh, right he's now? over 500. It's, it's, it's playing possible. Okay. Yeah. But it'll, it'll be around 1,000. All right. Let, let's say he's right around. Let's say he's just under it or just over it. All right. Mm-hmm. And has how many touchdowns does he go to score? Six, seven? Yeah, around there. All right. And then what happens if he kind of duplicates that after his after his third season? In terms he, of he's going to be looking for a happens? contract then after his third season, right? Yes. All right. What's that going to look like? <laughs> I mean, the receiver market's hot and it's going to probably continue to be hot. Uh, I, I'd be interested in doing a deal with him. Talented guy. So I'm not opposed to it. I mean, we're, we're, we're ways away from those conversations and we'll see how things look and a lot can and will change by the time you know, post 2024 season. But I, I, I'm, I'm on board of when to keep this guy around. All right. I'm just interested in what what that's what that's going to look like come that time. Sure, and who knows what the landscape will right. be like. We'll have a, a lot to talk about from there. So that's the story on George Pickens. We'll see if he talks to the media. I'm sure at some point he will. Don't know if it'll be today. I'm sure people will ask other teammates about that. But I think we've seen receivers kind of go through these things before. And you're right, they've gone one way where players never recover and they just kind of self destruct. But you know, sometimes it goes the other way too, and guys, you know, mature and. And I thought after the Jaguars game, Pickens said all the right things and, you know, I think took took that game in stride. My guess is that they told him in that Titans game, hey, George, we're going to get you the ball this game. We're going to, you know, you're, you're going to make some plays. He didn't. And some of that was his own, you know, fault. And he got frustrated because he felt like he was going to have a chance to make some plays in that, that Titans game. They did not really occur. How, how, how many more times do we be, need to be talking about little incidences like this before it, 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 it's more viewed more serious on your part. Well, I mean, I don't have a perfect line. Um, you know, again, I, I certainly acknowledge the situation and, 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 and agree that someone has to sit this guy down and, and, and talk with him and kind of have a heart to heart. But until there's really more over criticism at the team, then to me, it's not that big of a deal. I, I still want to, I don't want to sweep this under the rug and say it's a, it's a non-issue, but you know, again, what is the what is the worst thing he has done? Like, literally, if you could lay out what is the worst thing he's done, the most concerning thing that he's done over the last two weeks, what would be that thing? Uh, just the overall look of immaturity, I would think. No, I'd like specifically like the literal. Is it is it the pouty on? Is it not celebrating with Deontay Johnson? Is it deleting or archiving his Instagram posts? Uh, what is the free me caption like? Specifically, I, I don't the think there's I, I, I think it's a combination of it all. I don't think there's one major thing that you look at. I just right. think it's the combination of it all. Sure. That, but my that, point that, is, that like, there's not an individual thing where you sit there and go, oh, man, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, I do. No, no not, not where you go. Oh, get this guy out of here. No. Yeah, that, that's my point. You're right. The combination no. of it is bigger. But if you just kind of really have to pick this thing apart and really just talk about these specifics, it's not that crazy right now right uh, the biggest thing is let's let's hope that we're not talking about anything related to any of that aspect for the next several weeks sure and someone still has to talk with him because he's clearly upset and frustrated and that's something that has to be worked through so it doesn't become a bigger thing down the road there's there's no question about that and look wide receivers make money by getting the ball and making plays right and that's in the dna of basically every wide receiver out right. there. So I, I don't want to pretend this is a, a brand new thing or something exclusive to George Pickens. 
All right. Uh, Dobbs Depot and Pickens Depot. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 uh, let's, let's move that. Move, should move just, uh, as some housekeeping note that Pittsburgh should have to make a decision on running back Anthony McFarland today. I believe today is going to be the final day of his 21 day window to either be activated off of injured reserve or remain on IR for the rest of the season. I would have guessed by now that McFarlane would have been back just if he had asked me when that window opened up and he went through that first week in a full participant in practice that he would have, would have been back by now. He's still on IR. So basically the team will have to decide, do you want Godwin Iguabuque or Anthony McFarland? That's going to be the calculation this team has to make. Hey, here's the thing. You've got, uh, you got to do something with Holcomb here now, right? So there's, there's True. the opportunity for, for one roster spot there. Uh, you're probably not going to carry both, uh, Iguabuque and McFarland, uh, much longer if you put both of them on, on the active, uh, 53. Uh, I mean, what's the alternative? You either cut him or you, you leave him on IR, you know? Yeah, th- those are the choices right now. And today's the deadline day. You're right. That is a point on, on Holcomb. Um, not been made official by the team, but the reporting from Tom Pelissero, I believe on either Friday or Saturday, the Cole Holcomb is expected to miss the rest of the season with uh, the knee injury that he suffered in that game was uh, stayed at the hospital overnight, got discharged on Friday, will need surgery. Don't know the exact details on what the nature of the injury is, but obviously not anything where he's going to come back in 2023. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait for these next, what, 24 hours to see if, uh, if, if they make a move with him, uh, with, with, with the window. Yeah. My expectation is that McFarland will be activated. Now, what other moves do they make over the course of the week? We'll have to see, but I would be more surprised than not if he remained on IR. He's healthy. He's practiced in full. He's their kick returner. He had a good camp. I assume that he's going to, you know, be on the 53 by this time tomorrow. Right. Or 4 p.m. I, I, I'll be surprised if that doesn't happen unless there's something going on that we don't know about. You know? True, true. So we'll let you know about that for the Wednesday show. Fines. Uh, yeah, there were some fines. You, I, I was kind of checking out a little bit on Saturday. You might know this better than I do, but the big one is wide receiver Deontay Johnson, $25,000 fine. That's re- uh, reported by Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, for his criticism of the officials after the week eight Jacksonville game saying they were essentially on the take. They wanted Jacksonville to win. They should be fine for their bad calls. We knew that was coming maybe a little bit lighter than what I even thought it would be for considering how you know explicit that rant was in, in the ref's direction, but 25,000 big ones to Deontay Johnson for his criticism of the refs. He got out cheaper than uh, Jalen <laughs> Warren. Warren. <laughs> yeah, don't you dare put your head down for a split second, though. That, yeah. that is a, a much worse crime than Deontay. Uh, Demonte Casey, two different fines for unnecessary roughness for the game against the Jaguars, each 11,806. Uh, TJ Watt got one for, I guess, smacking uh, Trevor Lawrence in the head on a follow-through of, 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 of swatting the football uh, away $16,391 uh, there. Uh, obviously that wasn't penalized in the moment. Were either of the, were either of the Casey ones penalized in, in the moment? Not to my recollection. No. Was that right. for the, that wasn't for the lowering of the head. What exactly did they tag? What did Casey do exactly that was deemed unnecessary roughness? Oh, I had to go back and look at the clips. They're all okay. running together in my head right now. And I didn't pull the actual clip. I pulled the one on Watt. 
He's racked up some fines this year. Casey has. Yeah. That's maybe at least three times he's been fined this year. Maybe probably more. Yeah, but I do all of his equal one. <laughs> Jalen Warren <laughs> fine, fine at this point. Maybe, maybe it comes close there. Uh, but uh, those those uh, were the three in-game uh, fines coming out of the Jacksonville game, and as you mentioned, the uh, the Deontay off the field one. Or and we should de- deem not player safety related. Right. We should note that Jaguars defense lineman Adam Gostis was fine for his hit on Kenny Pickett that injured him late in that first half of that Jaguars game. It was not called for roughing the passer, but the fine is essentially an admission from the NFL that it should have been flagged. And only $7,000 at that. Oh, is that uh, it? Yes. $7,167. It's it's cheaper to crack, uh, uh, to bust up uh, Kenny Pickett's ribs than... Uh, uh, than anything, I guess. So uh, they got to look at this menu, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, 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 I understand. I understand that they, they, they've got it kind of a la carte, and you know, second, second, uh, you know, how, repeat offenders. Yeah, and, repeat yeah. offenders and all like that. But, but something needs to be looked at at this. I think. Right. I mean, these fines are set by the NFL and the NFLPA. Is it? Is it? really codified by the CBA. I'm not entirely sure where the, where that comes from, but these numbers are set in stone. They go up a set a percentage each year. So that that's how the structure is. It seems a, a, a bit strange. And it is my thought is for these, you know, guys like Warren that aren't making a bunch of money, it should be a percentage of their base salary of their weekly game check or a max number of probably what they are today, whatever number is lower. So that way Warren is not playing for free. And then he told reporters, you know, he, he appealed it. And the system is supposed to have something in place where guys that don't make a bunch of money have fines that are more relative to their salary. But his appeal went from what, like forty eight thousand to thirty nine thousand. So he's still playing for free. How how is your appeal drop nine grand? What does that number even come from relative to the dude's salary? So that makes no sense to me. Yeah, but I thought it was something to the degree of uh, in in the CBA a percentage of game check. Right, I thought so too. Like no more than half your game check or something. But this is more thirty nine thousand is almost double Warren's game check. We'll have to look in. I have to look go back into the CBA and see if I can find something on that. But uh, so. uh, and boy, some of these roughing they're very inconsistent around the league. You know. Yeah. Do you uh, think roughing? Do you think that's why? Do you think that is just from the human error of it? Do you think the NFL is mandating either to call some of these more because there's too many quarterbacks getting hurt and scoring is down? But of course, you've seen some that get called that or that don't get called that should have been called, like on Kenny Pickett. So it's hard to it's hard to tell. Yeah, they just need uh, they need to come in in more in line with 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 uh, what what it is and what it isn't. I think. Sure. And I know it's tough and these things happen fast. It's a difficult job to do, but something I think has to to you know improve and be made better to for fans to enjoy these games a bit more. All right, it feels Dave. like these games just haven't just especially the start of games, not not just Steeler games, just feels like there's so many damn flags, you know? Uh, getting some breaking news here, as we just alluded to, the team steals that place Cole Holcomb on injured reserve and activated Anthony McFarland. And so the moves that we just kind of theorized are now official by the team. OK, there we go. We just uh, we just talked about it and and and, and there's the move. So uh, we'll have to see if there's because I mean, you got a lot of running backs on this roster right now. So, uh, but you still got several days until your next game. We'll see if, if, if anybody needs to get 
elevated or whatnot, you know, from, from, from there. But uh, Anthony McFarlane back on the active roster. Welcome back. Ant-Mac should be this team's kick returner, potentially some passing down packages for him as we saw in week one, but obviously his main duty will be returning kicks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should notice, Will, you mentioned this over the weekend. We talked about some of the inside linebackers in the practice squad that maybe could come up. Obviously, nobody here right now. We talked about Mikel Walker, who just got signed. You mentioned as well Tariq Carpenter, former safety, I think, turned linebacker. Don't entirely know how he's being used right now in Pittsburgh, but maybe there's something they can do with a, a Tariq Carpenter. Yeah, might see some sort of maybe elevation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's several different ways you can handle this. Obviously, uh, whichever player it is would be at the bottom of the depth chart and probably helping out on 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 special teams if they get a helmet. So, uh, but you know, you do have uh, Mark Robinson uh, now that probably that, that goes up a notch in the uh, in 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 the pecking order. But uh, for right now, it's probably going to be Quan Alexander and and uh, Landon Roberts. Obviously, seeing most of the playing time. Do you think they still try some semblance of a three-man rotation of Alexander and Roberts and Robinson, or does it just go really back to two men of Alexander and Roberts? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, how many snaps is, I mean, obviously because you've already had that, the, 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 the three that you've been able to rotate through, it's, it's resulted in Mark Robinson not playing many snaps. I think it's going to come down to how much they trust Robinson. Yeah, that, that's probably a fair point to look at the man. Um, the thing, the only issue is, okay, what does Robinson offer that Roberts does not offer? They're both hammers. They're both downhill guys. The only thought would be maybe you just don't want to demand Roberts to play 100% of the snaps and kind of keep him fresh and rotate this thing a little bit. So I bet you they probably do some stuff with Robinson just to maybe have this rotation. So Roberts is not you know, having to be an every down base and nickel kind of guy. But Quan Alexander is going to have to really step up and be the air every down all situations type of inside linebacker for this team. I, I guess it comes into how much can Mark Robinson maybe help you in coverage? Not much. I mean, him and Roberts are, you know, maybe Robinson's a bit better than a Landon, but it, they're, they're downhill guys that don't do a great job going backwards. Right. So that's why Alexander really has to step up because right now he's this team's best cover linebacker. All right. All right, uh, we're to now AFC North recap. It was a, as you said, a clean sweep of the division. So Baltimore is in the lead at seven and two. Then you have three teams at five and three. That's Pittsburgh in second place, then followed by Cleveland and Cincinnati. The Ravens blowing out the Seahawks, thirty-seven to three. Didn't expect to see that kind of score uh, be the the end result of this one. The Bengals defeating the Bills was at twenty-four to eighteen. And the Browns beating up on the Cardinals, 27 to nothing. The Cardinals starting rookie Clayton Toon. I believe they had 58 yards of total offense in that game. So what are your AFC North takeaways from this weekend? Uh, other than the obvious thing going into Monday night, you got four teams in, 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 in the top seven uh, positions. It's not going to end that way. Uh, I Now, can, can three teams potentially make it out of the AFC North? Uh, in into the playoffs when it's all said and done, I think there's a possibility of that. Uh, you got a lot of AFC ball left uh, at this point, and even if you look ahead uh, past week ten into week eleven, uh, you have uh, what you have the uh, the Steelers playing the Browns and the Ravens playing the Bengals. Uh, so you know we've talked about the the importance of 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 of, of uh, obviously AFC North games uh, even at the start of this season. That's 
that thing's that's going to factor into this thing. And look, if the Steelers want 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 to hang around in this, as as we mentioned, uh, you got to win some of these games. Their schedule really sets up kind of nice for them overall, at least on paper. Uh, we talked about you know going into that Tennessee game after losing the game against Jacksonville. How it kind of felt like if if there was a a must win, not must win game that that would probably be it. You know, mm-hmm. looking, looking forward uh, uh, to the schedule right now, you got the Packers who didn't really, I mean, they, they won and all like that. They, they don't look overly great on film and they've got a couple of injuries. Kenny Clark, we'll have to see what happens with him as the week progresses. And I think they had uh, one or one, one of their young out, uh, one of their young edge guys missed the game uh, uh, against the Rams. Uh, who was it? Walker. I, I, I think, uh, not sure. I'm, I'm drawing a blank there, but, uh, uh, you better win some of these games that look great on paper. Cause you got the Cardinals coming up, uh, the Colts still on the schedule, right? Uh, the Patriots on, on, on the schedule and, you know, you, you better hold, hold your own against some of these other AFC, uh, North games here. So, uh, I think the I think the Ravens are going to be tough to catch. To be quite honest with you, uh, yeah, they look strong right now, Dave. I mean, their defense is swarming. They're so aggressive. They're so physical. The run game they ran for basically 300 yards against Seattle. It, it's their division right now for the taking. And the Bengals and that that game, the Bengals and the Bills, close on the scoreboard, but the Bengals were clearly the better team in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were definitely the better team in that one. Joe Burrow's healthy. This offense has come alive again. And so, yeah, they got off to that horrendous start. That was because of Burrow's injury. I, I think they are basically all the way back, Dave. Right. Uh, yeah, m- m- most definitely. They're, they're, they're going to have a say in this moving forward. And the Steelers obviously have two games left with them, right? So you better at least split it. Right. When is the first game against Cincinnati? Is that in a, it's coming up it later uh, in the season. Uh, no, it's kind of their first game because they uh, they play the uh, they 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 play the Packers and then they play uh, the Browns and the Bengals back to back, don't they? Yeah, so right around Thanksgiving, November twenty sixth. I was trying to say like they they set up the Bengals games where they used to put the Ravens games as in both games were late in the season, mm-hmm. so it's what week twelve and then week sixteen. The week twelve game will be at Cincinnati, so yeah, I mean you got a really important couple of games coming up. Look, they're uh, you know. They're, they're five and three and there's still a lot of, a lot of football ahead of you. And there's still games that are, that, that certainly seem winnable. Uh, you know, a, it's quite amazing. They are where they are, but they are where they are (laughs) (laughs) at at this point. And once again, I mean, you look at games against the Packers, the Cardinals, uh, the Colts. I mean, those are games that even you you would and the Patriots. You would think that those are games they should be able to win, right? They should. They'd be expected to. Will they win all of them? Probably not, but they should do, you know, well overall. If you had to You better win three of the four of those. Yes. Yes, you do. If you had to rank the four teams in the AFC North, how would you rank them? I assume Baltimore at the top. It would be Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then be quite honest with you, because of the way that defense is playing for the Browns, I'd probably rank them next. Okay, that, that's I, I figured that was going to be the, the debate of discussion. I probably would put. Now, I mean, Cincinnati, you know, that, that defense is still missing pieces, and the offense is not always, you know, again, the health has been a big issue. But is the run game strong enough? Do they make enough plays? Does Burrow do enough things? So, 
I think people might might argue it a little bit on that, but I think right. the question really comes: is, is it is it Pittsburgh versus Cleveland for that for that spot? And if you put Pittsburgh in that fourth spot, then how optimistic are you about their playoff chances? Right. And look, I mean, if the Browns had 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 Chubb still, and they just lost uh, 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 Willis, one of their tackles. How's that going to uh, mm-hmm. impact them? I mean, you. You could sit here and have a full show. Who's better, the Browns or or, or 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 the Steelers at this point right now, and and get uh, make believable arguments for either team? I think. Yeah, no, I think 100 percent on that, Dave. So we'll watch it, but we know the good news is Pittsburgh is two and zero in the North, and regardless of how you rank teams, it's all about the divisional play. And Pittsburgh right now has a good edge. The Bengals are zero and two in the division uh, as things stand. What are what are the Browns in the? Uh, Ravens records in the North right now. Uh, division divisionally one and two for the Browns and the Ravens two and one two and one Ravens. So you know Pittsburgh. If you take care of and again, if you can go four and two in the division, you're going to be in this thing until the very end. That, that should be, be the goal right now. You yeah. should be if you uh, take care of business against the Pats and the Packers, Colts, right. etc. Right. All right, Dave, where to here? Uh, going back to the all 22 of that Titans game, had the weekend to digest the tape. What are your takeaways from this win over Tennessee? Let's see. Uh, your your uh, recent video, Matt Canada should be offensive coordinator of the year. Oh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reading that wrong. Uh, so that's called subtext. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, look, he he. He he called it. He, you 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 nailed it here. Called it one of his best games uh, against the Titans. I, I I really think that as well too. I thought you saw a higher level of execution uh, in this uh, game as well too. Uh, they would have uh, they would have scored more points had Kenny Pickett ex- executed a few more plays in this game. Plain and simple. Yeah, and again against against Jackson, will I say in the video? I thought Canada called a competent, good game where execution certainly was the biggest issue. I thought against Tennessee, I thought he called a really excellent game execution was better in some regards but still lacking and that's why this team still only ended up with 20 points they could they could have put up 30 in this game yeah. just make a couple of plays you know pickens gets his foot down they they you know, that third and goal or that whole sequence of you're on the one yard line you get the you know 12 men in the huddle all, all that kind of stuff uh pick it missing a throw to robinson uh yeah they could have put up 30 in that game so i thought canada just schematically in terms of the quick wins for the offense some of the stuff in the flat some of the ways that he was getting, you know, number three vertically down the seam on linebackers. Some of the red zone calls, I even I thought were were strong overall. Uh, the touchdown to Deontay, the stack, the release that he's able to get Deontay free on that. Um, really, in terms of negative play calls, I didn't see much. I mean, we can talk about them running the ball at the end. I think that was just a Tomlin thing of, hey, we're, we're running the ball here. We're not throw, we're not going to try to throw the football. We're going to trust our defense to to close this one out. So while you can certainly disagree and debate, and I said on. Friday show they should have you know gone for the win right there. I, I don't even know if that was in Tomler and in, in Matt Canada's control. Right, uh, I, I would agree with that. Uh, had Kenny Pickett made more plays in this game, uh, look, I, I thought after that opening drive, I really thought, man, they're 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 going to hit that. What did I predict? Twenty seven in this game, twenty seven seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think I thought they were going to hit it. I thought they might even hit thirty. To be honest, way, way 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 they were they Slow were down. Moving, <laughs> moving that moving that ball. Uh, once again, you, you know you saw at least a good first quarter out of Kenny Pickett. Obviously, uh, 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 you know he did what he needed to do in the fourth quarter. Uh, there, you just you got to get you got to get more even play throughout a full game. Uh, out of Kenny Pickett and look, so, you know, sub 
sub things. Man, it'd be nice to see this team be able to run some damn screens. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just something we've talked about for it seems like three or four years. They they, they can't run a damn running back screen uh, to 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 save their life. Yeah, they had they tried on the second play of the game. It was open. Had they completed that, it's going to go for a lot of yards. And the D lineman batted it down, which is just Pittsburgh's just the worst luck on on those traditional kind of middle screens to running backs or tight ends. Thought a lot of RPOs in this game. I think we mentioned that briefly on mm. Friday's show. I don't have the exact data on that. I don't know if you were able to pull it from a from a game standpoint, but a lot of RPOs. Uh, I thought Pickett was throwing on RPOs more often. Probably could have, should have done that one or two more times where he could have thrown the ball. Um, so I, I, I just like that for providing some answers to whatever the defense is going to give you, where you just have those options for Pickett based on leverage and box count and two high versus one high to give your quarterback some options to either hand the ball off or throw the football. And look, I thought the running game uh, definitely was, was good enough to work around, you know? Yeah. Uh, buck 66. And that, in, yeah. in, you know, for Canada, when you run for a buck 66, usually your play call look, looks pretty good because your, you know, your playbook is pretty wide open. Right. So, uh, and I thought overall the offensive line uh, as a collector played well, I, I still think I, you know, I, I, st- I still struggle with, 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 the grades that uh, PF had, PFF had on, you know, guys like Broderick Jones, particularly, I, I thought he represented himself well. I thought across the line overall, they, they represented himself well. Uh, I, I just think the reason they didn't score more points was, was Kenny not making enough plays there. Sure. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I thought Broderick had a great game, his pass sets, his athleticism, his punch. Um, I, I, I'm not going to, lose sleep over PFF grades, but I don't know how he got dinged so, so badly in this game. Right. Um, any other thoughts here offensively, you get some pulling guards, you run the ball, you put on third down, all that very important. Yeah. I, I, I think you can make a more concerted effort, try to get the screen game going, uh, try to maybe figure out a way to get these tight ends more involved until Pat Farmuth gets back, uh, w- within that, uh, Obviously, they're not using the middle of the field still worth of worth of anything. And you look, at, you look at that 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 CJ Stroud passing chart. Uh, that well, that looks that's not real. That <laughs> that that man is not real. <laughs> as you point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at that passing chart. You think there's you don't even think Tom Brady could put up a passing chart. Look, looked anything uh, uh, like that one looked like. So I think there's got to be maybe a more concerted. Effort. There's some situations where he's just going to have to let this ball fly. You know, uh, I, I think to the middle of the field stuff. Yeah, they've had some chances. I mean, you know, the Austin downfield, there was some pressure on that play. I don't know if Pickett could really ever step into that throw, but that's kind of where you see, okay, maybe the, the arm talent's not elite, and so he's not able to make that throw that maybe some of those elite arm talent quarterbacks are able to make. All right, well, let's transition this into we, – we've talked a lot about Kenny Pickett and, and, and the 20-game mark. Oh, you know, uh, Let's talk about Kenny Pickett at the 20-game mark. Yeah, and we kind of talk about you know some lines in the sand that kind of midway in that second year, you start to kind of get a feel for what you have and don't have. And there's a lot of context here of injuries and coordinator play and play calls and all that kind of stuff. Um, Can the Steelers win with Kenny Pickett? Now, this is a trick question here. Uh, <laughs> can the Steelers win games with Kenny Pickett? Well, that was going to be my, my follow-up question to your question, win what? Win games? Sure. Win to go to the playoffs? Sure. Win in the playoffs? 
that I'm much, much less sure of. Right. Uh, it's a trick question because they have won games with Kenny Pickett. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. He's got but, a winning record as you, if you subscribe to those things. Uh, but it feels like there's quantifiers, several quantifiers that have to come along with that. Uh, uh, look, I mean, fourth quarter is no, no denying. If the game is close late uh, and he can figure things out in game leading up into that, uh, he has the he has the talent on 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 that side of the ball uh, uh, to to facilitate him winning games like this. So the Steelers can win with Kenny Pickett. The, the question is, is can they win those 30 to 27 games? Can they win because of Kenny Pickett? Right. Where he's the lead. Not that he's doing well, it they, all by they, himself. But they the have won actor. games with Kenny with, with Pickett. Because. Right. But, but it, feels, it, it feels like it has to be a situation where the score's down and the game's close at the end and you need that one more drive. Sure. He there, certainly... There's a lot of quarterbacks that can't do what he's done in that in that I don't want to diminish mm-hmm. what he's done in that aspect because it is impressive because there are a lot of quarterbacks that can't that could even probably do what he's done in these late game situations in the volume that he's done it so far. A hundred percent. There have been those moments where you've won because Kenny Pickett led the game winning drive. Balt- I, I thought his performance against Baltimore last year on that game winning drive was one of the best game-winning drives that you're going to see. Just some high-level throws, creativity, making those plays late, winning the game on the road in Baltimore in primetime as a rookie. Super, super impressive. So you're right. We should not ignore that and flippantly just say, besides the game-winning drives, what else is there? Because that's such a huge and critical component. But the question just becomes, is that your model to beat the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Dolphins or whatever high-level offense you're going to face where you're going to have to win games by scoring 24, 27, 30 plus points and not win these games 17 to 13, where you expect to keep the score down for four quarters. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, what, what, what have been the positives out of Kenny Pickett outside of the, the late, you know, game game, what from a technical part of his game standpoint has been impressive. Well, putting aside then, I guess, the intangibles, the leadership, the toughness, those kinds of things from uh, an on-field standpoint, A, the guy takes great care of the football. It's not turned the ball over hardly at all. and that's, He has had a few turnover-worthy plays more than you'd like so far this season, yeah, though, right? some, I think, were some miscommunication stuff, and it's gotten better throughout the year. I think early in the season, he was pressing too much. There were some of those, I think. He's cleaned it up and on the whole of his entire career, not just any sort of subset. Um, I, I think he has taken good care of the football, which has been critical because this team does not have the margin of, of error to afford really any turnovers. I, I, I would agree. Uh, uh, what else ha- has he, has he, has he done good? Look, I, I think he can make 
most of the throws. I mean, look, uh, especially on look back shoulder. I mean, he really mm-hmm. does a good job on the back shoulder throw uh, on some of these one on ones. Like he dropped the one in 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 into Deontay Johnson in that game and a key. I mean, you want to talk about a high stressful, high got to have it uh, type situation. Uh, there, he 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 made that throw. We've seen him make a lot of those throws out. I think outside the numbers when called upon. Overall, especially if you're talking about guys like Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens on the other 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 end of it, uh, in the twenty to let's say thirty yard range, I, I think that's another positive that he shown has shown. No, I'm with you there as well, and, I, and I'll give him a lot of praise because I was critical of this up until the last couple of weeks. I think his pocket presence the last couple of weeks has improved a lot. He's not failing. He's hitching. He's climbing, and I think moving within the pocket much better than what I've seen him in the past. I think overall he has a good general sense of what he's seeing on the other side. I do think sometimes still with his progression though, it, it, you know, coming off the first read sometimes is still causing him problems. But I think from an X's and O's standpoint, he understands what he's seeing pre-snap and post-snap. I agree. I think he's a, a, a cerebral quarterback overall. Right. And again, still a young guy in his second year in the NFL. All right. What else is he doing? Well, and, and I agree with you. I think he's gotten better at bailing on, on, on these pockets. Yeah. I think there's since, still, there's still room to improve, but I mean, we we've seen, I think we've seen that get a little bit better. Yeah. Again, we'll, we'll watch it, but I think it has improved from the first month of the season and his entire rookie year. Uh, other things, I mean, I had to maybe take some more time and go through every single snap the way that I did after his rookie season, but those are kind of the things that jump out to me the most. I think taking care of the football, being cerebral, the intangibles, the toughness, of course, the quote-unquote clutch factor of making those plays late in games, not being phased by the moment, rising to the moment. Those are some of the best qualities of Kenny Pickett. All right, what is he not doing well? Well, just to talk about it broadly before you kind of get into spe- uh, specifics, and I don't want to sound like Colin Coward here, but I think there is some kernel of truth to it is that, you know, with a CJ Stroud, you watch some of these throws and you go, man, that that's special. And you would look at Kenny Pickett on a larger resume, more more games, more starts, more attempts, and you say, how many times has he made an individual play or moment where you've gone, man, that's really special. and Usually those really talented guys will grab you right away. Mahomes, whenever he started playing, you saw some stuff that just kind of really blew your mind and Herbert and now you're seeing it with Stroud, et cetera. And you just wonder how many of those moments have you seen with Kenny Pickett that say, yeah, this is the guy. Right. And, and, and a lot of the, you know, some of them being in structure and some of them being out of structure. Right. It, it can come from both. Right. Uh, how many times have we typed in, oh, my God, what a play by Kenny? You know, right. uh, I, I think the Najee, uh, the, you, you referenced the, the Ravens game uh, uh, last year. I mean, uh, he, he, you know, he has done it, but he's not he's not making those plays in the frequency that top. Top 10 quarterbacks in the league make make. Sure. And it's not that he has to do it all the time. You know, Stroud has had his, had his struggles, I'm sure. But at least half the time you're sitting there saying, OK, this dude's doing some really, really high level stuff like 
I think Stroud's accuracy and touch is just off the charts good. Just just ridiculous. Not even for a rookie, but just for a quarterback in the National Football League. What is the defining trait of Kenny Pickett? What does he do better than maybe all but two or three quarterbacks in the NFL? What is that defining trait in his game? I mean, boy, that last touchdown, I mean, Stroud just let that thing rip, you know. Yeah. Uh, there, we need, and and that was in structure, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we have got to see, and and we have pointed these out even throughout this season, man, I think, I think Kenny should have let that one go, you know, uh, throwing these guys open more, uh, you know, is something that he has to do, you know, uh, I, I, I think obviously the middle of the field stuff, uh, there have been play and, and, and people are going to fire back as I say, say, well, give them a different offensive coordinator. I, it's just not, a, look, they all run a lot of the same concepts. Now, some are a lot more creative than others, obviously there, but to some degree, you have to separate the church and state here. You do. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and say you can't evaluate a guy just because of his coach or the play calling or whatever the case is. And the last two games to me are really good examples of that, where I think Canada has called either competent or really good games and the execution specifically on Kenny Pickett has not gotten the job done. So even if you grant that point, I think more specifically and more recently, that point falls flat. You know, we got to see him use the middle of the field past seven, eight yards more. My Here's my biggest concern with Kenny Pickett overall is accuracy. I, I don't I, think it's, I, I don't think it's bad, but Pittsburgh drafted Kenny Pickett and they oh, said this up front because of his accuracy, right. like most accurate quarterback. And I, I think his accuracy is average. And I think on some concepts it's below average. I think in terms of crossing patterns, uh, things on the move, not vertically, but horizontally, I think his accuracy is, has been, Average at best and probably more or less below the line. And I, I, I don't think it's anything overwhelming. It has not lived up to the bill bill of goods that were presented by Kevin Colbert coming out of that, yes. uh, that first presser. That's for sure. And he was accurate at Pitt. Uh, it was last, his, definitely his last couple seasons, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, within that, uh, I, I would agree his accuracy, his overall accuracy needs to be better. Now, look, you turn around and, and it's, oh, you know, that, uh, that, that, that throw again, it's not like he's not making some, some accurate throws. Sure, he is. Uh, because he is I, just the consistency level of that mm-hmm. accuracy needs to be higher than what we've seen. You can't miss George Pickens like he missed in that game against the Jaguars. Yeah. That's third that, down. That, that's one wide open crosser. That's a first. It has to be a first down. Cannot miss. Right. It. Right. Uh, some of these, some of these sideline throws have kind of, uh, uh, gotten away from him a little bit that, that could have been catchable balls, you know, but just, I do think he's more accurate vertically. Like the back shoulders are on point. I mean, mm-hmm. they're great. Well, probably one of the better back shoulder throws in football, but I think on the other stuff, he starts to, to wane. Right. Uh, I would agree. The, the accuracy needs to get, I don't think just a little bit. It needs to get a lot better, I think. Right, because again, that's supposed to be his thing. Like what Stroud is doing was what Pickett was supposed to be, this hyper-accurate touch, you know, you you couldn't hand the ball better kind of quarterback. And if you're not getting that from Pickett, and that's what you drafted him to be, that's a a problem. I think his extend-to-play aspect needs to be better. In in what way? Just just all, you know, out-of-structure needs to be a little bit better. 
Okay. I've been happy with that, I think, overall. And again, I think I like that he's been playing from the pocket and navigating that a bit more frequently to make some more plays within the pocket instead of just bailing and scrambling and hoping something uh, opens up. Right. But, you you know, we, we how many times do you see it dur- during a game that, that quarterbacks in, in games that they win, they usually make a play or two, a, a big play out, out, out of structure? Sure. But I think Pickett has shown that over the years. I thought some, you know, some of the game-winning drives that he's led has been evidence of that. I think I think we need to start seeing a little bit more of that, especially early in games. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, to me, the other question just comes to like it's again more of a gut thing, but like, is this the guy? Is this your franchise guy? And there's a lot of qualifiers and caveats. And I'm not here to conclude anything today on November 6. I mean, I think you go through the entire season and see what happens. You can talk about more finality type things after the season actually ends, because who knows what's going to happen the next two months of the year. But right now, do you really sit there and say this guy can compete against the, the big boys of the AFC? And it's hard to say yes to that. Well, look, look at, you know, the, you see these weekly quarterback rankings and all like that. All right. Uh, uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett's down there at 28, 29, 30 rankings overall. Uh, I, I would not. I think he's done enough to deserve a higher ranking of that. I view Kenny as somewhere between, I don't know, 16 and 20, 21, 22. If, if, if I were to sit down and maybe pencil all this out, you know, uh, I think he's a below from where he is right now, a below middle, middle of the pack starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, do you have some time? Do you want to run through a quick game oh. of is Kenny Pickett better than this All other right. team's current starting quarterback? It's a Monday. It's not All a whole right. lot. We just saw the roster move come in. So, All right, let's go through it, Dave. Miami, Tua. Is Kenny Pickett better than Tua? No. Agreed. Is Kenny Pickett better than, I don't know how you want to define the Jets, Zach Wilson? He's better than Zach Wilson. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers? No. No. I'm going to put him behind Rodgers, at least a quarterback on that roster that will play at some point, either this year or next year. You get the point. Buffalo, Josh Allen. Is he better than Josh Allen? No. Okay. Is he better than Mac Jones? I think he's right there with Mac Jones. Oh, there's a long pause at the start of that. I really, I was a huge Mac Jones fan coming out. I think that's obviously the season's been, been a mess there. Let, let's, be, let's be charitable on this list, and anything that's close will give Pickett the edge. Okay. So he's, we will not say he's better. Or we will not say Mac Jones is better than Kenny Pickett. Now I better, haven't sat there and watched every snap of Mac sure. Jones either. But but from from what I've seen right now, I mean, just the late game heroics alone. I I you know, Kenny, Kenny can win you some games. Uh, okay. So so I I would say definitively better than Mac Jones right now. Okay. Yeah, we're just two guys giving our opinion on this, and and we can even frame this, like I said, to kind of being charitable to Kenny Pickett, where anything that's a tiebreaker, the, t- the tie goes to the runner, and the tie goes to Kenny Pickett for this exercise. Better than Lamar Jackson? No. Got it. Better than Joe Burrow? No. Got it. Better than Deshaun Watson? No. Agreed. I think Watson certainly has his problems, and there's questions about the Browns investment, but just pound for pound. I'm good with with that uh, choice there. Better than Trevor Lawrence? No. Better than C.J. Stroud? No. Better than Gardner Minshew slash Anthony Richardson? From what little I've seen of Anthony and from what we have seen from Gardner so far, no, he's not. 
than either of them. No. Okay. So let me write that down. I, I, Richardson, the, the sample size was obviously very small. I think the upside for Richardson is obviously immense. Minshew, it's comparable. I think it would be charitable and get pick at the edge there. But any, anyway, uh, Tennessee, Tannehill, and Will Levis. I mean, Levis, is, Levis did some nice things the other night, didn't he? Yeah, and it's just two starts, so it is a little tough to judge right. a guy off of two starts. I mean, right now, from what I've, I mean, it's, it's a small sample size. I, gonna, they might have something in Levis. It's it's way early. We could get five games from now and think, oh okay. man, defenses. But as sitting right now, I mean, how do how do you put how do you put Kenny ahead of Levis? I mean, or, or are we building a, a combination of of Tanny Hill and Levis? You know, well, I was going to separate. Is he better than Tannehill? Is he better than Levis? Again, sample size. I mean, Tannehill will, will be charitable again and get pick at the edge over Tannehill. Levis, it's very early, obviously, but the results have been promising. Okay. Let, let's just not even put either of them ahead of them. Pick it right now just for, for again, being charitable here in this exercise. Uh, better than Mahomes? No. Okay. Better than whatever's going on with the Raiders right now. Garoppolo, O'Connell. Boyer, et cetera. I don't know. Garoppolo looked pretty damn. Garoppolo don't even look like a shell of what his best has been. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Pickett is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and and you know I I give him the, the edge over the other young quarterback too. Herbert, no. Russell Wilson, no. Okay, I think Wilson, you know, probably better, but declining and. Yeah, you, know, you could you could twist my arm into into that, but we'll put Wilson on, on your list here. Okay, NFC hurts. No, Prescott. No, Howell. He's, I think it's better than Howell. Okay, I mean now Howell's getting the the crap kicked out of him. It's right. a little hard to judge, but I, again, being charitable, I'm going to get pick it over Howell. Okay. Daniel Jones slash Tommy DeVito slash whatever's going on with the Giants right now. Man, when has Daniel Jones ever really looked? You know, the, I would give Kenny the Kenny the the nod over or Jones. I think I would as well. I think pretty confidently on that. And he, uh, Jones now officially torn his ACL out for the year, as uh, Brian Dable just told reporters. Better than Jared Goff? No. Nope. Better than Kirk Cousins? No. Nope. He better than Josh Dobbs? Long pause, mm. long radio, pregnant pause, as they call where it. Dobbs, where Dobbs has made some plays with his feet, you know, mm. if, if we boil it down. So uh, uh, I, I think Kenny deserves a nod there. Okay, I'm with you. Jordan Love, who we'll see on Sunday. Yeah, I think he's better than Love. Me too. We'll find out, though, maybe. Uh, and Justin Fields in Chicago. Another guy that's that's done a lot with his legs. Nothing more, really more uh, other than other than that. So I would give Kenny the uh, Kenny the nod over. Well, I'm just talking better quarterback. Legs, arm, whoever. Who would yeah, you rather have? I, I, I would still want Kenny. Okay. I, I would trust him more. Uh, Derek Carr. Uh, if I was going in a game right now, a playoff game, who who would I rather have? I'd probably rather have Carr. To be honest with you. Uh, yeah, even charitably, I'm going to give Carr the slight edge over Pickett right now. Uh, Tyler, or I say Tyler, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Heineke uh, I, t- I take Pickett over that. And Desmond Ritter the same? Yeah. Okay. Baker Mayfield. 
Uh, I'd probably still take Baker. You still take Baker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Bryce Young in Carolina, which is, you know, I, I take Kenny over projection. him right now. Okay. I think Young is, you know, can be better, but as of right now, sure, you can go pick it over Bryce Young, but, you know, tough situation there in Carolina. Uh, Brock Purdy. Oh, Pur- Purdy's, you know, the, the choice right now. Yeah. I know there's a whole system thing, and Purdy has, you know, struggled, but body of work, I'll, I'll give Brock Purdy the edge. Geno Smith. Uh, still, I mean, Geno's not what he, you know, Geno has his has his ceiling, but I mean, Geno can still still put points up. Or I'd take Geno right now. Same, Matt Stafford. Uh Stafford. Okay, and we'll say Kyler Murray, who probably will come back to Arizona this weekend. Yeah, I I I, I trust Kenny more uh, than, okay. than than Kyler Murray. Yeah. All right, that is the NFL. Go ahead and just uh, fill in some time here while I calculate your All results, right. Dave. All right. Ding, 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 ding. The Steelers right now, according to uh, ESPN, FPI, FPI ratings, 47.6% of making the playoffs, uh, 8% chance of winning the division. Uh, the Browns, the Bengals, and obviously the Ravens all have better probability percentages. The Ravens up there at 74.8 of winning the division. Uh, the Browns, 8.7% of winning the division. The Bengals, 8.5%. Uh, so really those three teams, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers are all right there in that 8% to 8 to 9% uh, chance according to F. P.I. of winning uh, division. It really seems like something would have, have to happen to, for, for Baltimore not to win the division at this point. It would. All right. The results are in. If you had to guess, what do you think you ranked Kenny Pickett just off the list that we gave? 20th. Uh, okay. 20th. You rank, you rank, here's the number of quarterbacks you ranked ahead of Kenny Pickett. 22. So okay. Kenny Pickett, your 23rd best quarterback in the NFL, 13th in the AFC. Okay. And what did I what did I say somewhere between what what was my original statement? Uh did you say 16 to 22? I forget what you said. Yes. Yeah, something you say like that. Was? 17 so. to 22, something like that. So I I'm I'm right about there. Does that make you feel more or less confident in Kenny Pickett? The 23rd best quarterback, and I think the more alarming thing, 13th in the AFC. Mm. That, that, that's really, really the issue, Dave, is that the AFC right. has so many good quarterbacks, not just for the present, but the future. There's not any guys that's about to retire, except for like maybe Russell Wilson on your list. These guys aren't going anywhere. For a guy that you got a number one draft pick uh, uh, tied up in and now hitting that 20-game market, I I, I – I would I would have hoped that he would have been a little bit further along. Now, once again, you'll see some of these rankings come out where he's like twenty eight to thir- to you know mm-hmm. or, or something. I don't think he's that bad. Once again, he it goes back to can you win with Kenny Pickett? They and that's a trick question because yes, you can. But uh, is he is he just good enough to win some games for you to get you into the playoffs? But can he get? get past that mark. That's that, that's, you know, is he yes. just going to be one of those also ran quarterbacks every year? Well, Steelers are back in the playoffs. Oh, Kenny, fine. They, they won a playoff game, but can they win a second one? You know, the, right. that, that's the thing that I, I worry about the most. He's just good enough. We call that quarterback purgatory. Mm-hmm. 
where you're not so bad that you dump the guy and say, we got to move on. But of course, you're not so good that you sit there and say, well, obviously, this is our guy. You're in that middle in between ground. Now, how much room is there there, there there for improvement? How much does the coordinator play into that? That's 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 obviously going to be another argument. People people fire back. Uh, we're going to come out of this as, man, they hate Kenny Pickett. But I, I think that's a realist-type situation, the exercise that we just did. Yeah, I think we just have some free time here. And I think we're being fair. We started off by talking about the good things with Kenny Pickett. And you're right. He's a second-year guy. Um, there's going to be some room for improvement. But he's also started 20 games. And you see some quarterbacks who started you know, far fewer games where you felt maybe be better about uh, before that 20th game hit. So, again, I'm not here to conclude anything because I don't like concluding in the middle are, of the season. Are we talking accuracy being a little bit better and then Kenny making three or four more plays a game being the difference of him being a top 15 quarterback? Is that is that the difference, or is it more than just that? Does he have a red zone problem? Does Kenny Pickett have a a a a red zone problem? I I don't know. You'd have to check some of the numbers to see how that stacks up with other teams. I think the last couple of weeks there's been some missed opportunities. Now, in, in fairness to him, if George Pickens catches that touchdown, which was a great ball from Pickett on that slot fade, that's a, that's a red zone touchdown right there. Right. So there, there's another element of that as well. Um, I thought Kenny Pickett's not red zone, but that 32 yard throw down the side of Deontay Johnson was in the bucket. Just a perfect play. Third and six, fourth quarter, you're down. Those are the clutch things that Pickett seems to really, you know, rise up in. So I want to just mention those things as well. Uh, let's look at some of his splits here real quick. I'm sure his numbers aren't great. I mean, a Pittsburgh has hardly been in the red zone until post by. So there's probably just less data there. Yeah. Um, that's true. He did throw that touchdown to Deontay that proved to be the game winner over Tennessee. So there is one this season, but the sample size probably not, um, not the most expansive compared to other quarterbacks this season. All right. 30 of 71 in the red zone so far, 42.25%. Uh, how does that, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, how does that stack up with the uh, rest of the NFL? I would have to do the sort on that. Okay. You're probably yeah. quicker on that than I am. Uh eight touchdowns. Eight eight touchdown passes in the red zone. Uh 87.4 rating in the red zone. Sacked six times. Uh and if he could make it if he if he could get better in the red zone, it just feels like, you know. I believe that was our critique last year. I believe his red zone numbers as a rookie were uh, one of the weaker in football. I mean, getting better in the and once again, I mean, you're only you're talking about a guy that's uh, twenty games, right? Seventy one attempts. How many dropbacks? Uh, uh, six sacks, so that makes it seventy six dropbacks, I guess, in the red zone over uh, a, a span of twenty games. That's uh, not even four dropbacks a game in the red zone. Yeah. So the opportunities have not been there as frequently as other teams. Just a real quick look at um, last two years, just quarterback rating, which is not the sale end all, but his red zone quarterback rating is 79.8 of qualified quarterbacks. The only one who has really been worse has been Sam Howell. So it's one of the worst quarterback ratings in football. It's with a completion percentage who is, Worst of kind of qualifiers, it is the worst in football. 
at 42.25? Yeah, PFR is giving me 43.6. Our All inputs right. might be slightly might be slightly different, but but the principle is the same. He's, Derek Carr is basically the same as as uh, Pickett in terms of completion percentage, just slightly higher by by a tenth of a point. All right. So you know, is he? You know, is and once again, you know, you would think. What are some of the sample sizes of those other? What what are the attempts of some of those other quarterbacks? I'm looking at 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 red zone for career. Uh, you're looking at just this season. I'm looking at last year and this year. Okay. Well, well, looking at last year and this year, what is uh, an average amount of attempts for for the qualifiers? I'm uh, just trying to see if I can get a number spitball. Um, I don't know how they're sorting some of this. Maybe 55 is, nah, I don't know if that's right or not in terms of the qualifiers. I honestly, I'm just kind of eyeballing things right now. I mean, there are a couple quarterbacks below Pickett. Uh, Joe Flacco is 10 of 24. Mike White's 10 of 24. PJ Walker's 4 of 15. Pickett's 34 of 78, according to PFR. Numbers might slightly uh, vary here. So I'm just looking at like Derek Carr is 45 of 103. You know, Matt Stafford qualifier, 33 of 74, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, does he have room to improve? Of course, obviously. And, yeah. And, and what room. what what does his ceiling look like? You know. Well, that was the whole question about Kenny Pickett coming out of Pitt. Was you know is he at the high floor, low ceiling type of guy? And I think that question still remains. Again, my, my overall concern is just like again in an AFC with some of these top level quarterbacks. I think Pittsburgh for what Kenny Pickett's likely ceiling ends up being is you're going to need a really good team around Kenny Pickett, a really good defense, and to keep the score down, you know, can you go in there and win a shootout against, you know, one of those upper echelon AFC quarterbacks? That's a big time concern for me. How many 300 yard games does he have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's the overall production too. Um, what's the uh, stat? CJ Stroud now has more touchdown passes in his career than Kenny Pickett does. And in terms of 300 yard games, one, one. Buffalo. And how many games of two more touchdowns? One. He's never thrown three touchdowns in a game. So you just kind of look at some of those baseline productivity things. And again, it's not sale end all and how Pittsburgh's constructed and all that kind of stuff. But if you had a franchise quarterback that was slam dunk, he'd be putting up bigger numbers than this. And I think, uh, you know, uh, people hate to talk about the, uh, the overall adjusted net yards for passing attempt number. But I mean, for his career right now, it's just 4.92. I mean, that's, that's not good. Uh, you know, that number needs to be at, be at six on the low side, mm-hmm. you know? I do have one kind of competing thought. I, I do want to see just Kenny Pickett in a playoff, playoff environment because he is somebody that seems to rise to these big-time moments. And so how will he look in the playoffs? Will he again rise to the moment maybe more consistently in that game because he does well in those weighty, big-time type of moments? And if you want a playoff game in Pittsburgh, be the first quarterback to do so since 2016. You know, I think opinions and feelings are going to change. Right. But uh, we've seen a lot of good quarterbacks win one playoff game and then not, in other words, not be able to string it, string it together for, for a run. I think, I think you can get to the playoffs with a Kenny Pickett, especially with the, with the way that they're doing it uh, right now. Uh, you know, the, uh, the unsustainable has still been sustainable and, and, and that's, that's, that's their motto right, right now. Uh you know, especially look, I mean, uh, I, wasn't that a great post about ha- ha- uh, turnovers in the Steelers this year? How, how, uh, is, how it impacts them more, more so than sure. other teams. 
And yeah, I think you, you you pointed that out along the way, but I I, I mm-hmm. wanted these guys to put it down on paper uh, over the weekend, and they did. Yeah, Pittsburgh is more reliant than basically any other team on not just winning the turnover differential, but just not turning the football over. Period. That is their key to success. Right, and they their offense needs to become more than that. Right, that model can get you to the playoffs. It's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Right. So, but but again, if Pickett does win a playoff game, which is within the realm of possibility, I, you know, regardless, feelings are going to change about Kenny Pickett. You finally have a Steelers quarterback that won you a playoff game and broke this drought that has been going on for far too long. Now, look, they, he, you know, you look at this schedule the rest of the way. Should we see Kenny Pickett? Should we expect Kenny Pickett to take that next step in accuracy? Uh, oh, my God, plays uh, the things that we talked about him lacking. Should we see an improvement, especially based on the way this schedule sets up right now? Um, yeah, I hope so. I just hope for general improvement, maybe some health, you know, with those ribs, maybe, maybe feel a bit better than many by hopefully helps a little bit. I mean, I, I think it's, it's less about the opponent. You know, if you're throwing a crosser to George Pickens and he's open, I don't care who you're playing Baltimore or the Cardinals, you know, just, just make the throw. That's all that matters. Kenny Pickett through so far this season has a adjusted net yards for passing attempt number of 5.28. What, what are you hoping to see that number be in the final? Uh, how many games we got left? Nine. Uh, you you study this more than I do, and I know this is not going to be the ideal number, but at least six. 6. At 0. least at least six, which is only a slight improvement over the five point two eight. So you you would think just make a couple more throws, and he's got that in a bag. Yeah, had he made those throws the last two weeks, he would have been at six probably for for those games. Or right. I don't know what he was for those games, but, what, but you get my point. What do you think we will be if if Kenny in the in these final nine games can put together like a six point seven five, and we're just we're just gonna we're just focus on one stat, not how it looks, not not how it looks like getting there. Mm-hmm. If he gets to six point seven five, what? What do you th- what do you think we will be talking about the looking like? Does that make sense? No, yeah, it does. It, it, what it'll look like is he's making the throws that are there for the taking. He's doing the routine things routinely. He's not missing some of the open stuff. They're executing overall. The receivers are probably making some plays where they were failing to execute as well. The run game's been better, but you're just you're just making the plays that are staring you in the face. Right now, if we come out of these. Out out of these these next nine games, and he's he's got, you know, a six or a sub six adjusted uh, uh, net yards for passing attempt number. I think that's really going to be, you know, be be a concern there. Sure. Even um, if they're winning these games in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, twenty to seventeen on the last drive, you know, look and once again, we're I, I don't want to diminish what he's done late in games. Yeah, it's because been there's a lot fantastic. of quarterbacks that we just read off that list that, that that you you probably would bet against doing that. Yeah, there's something about in those big time moments he rises up, and if you're gonna be good in one particular moment, I'll take being good late in games as opposed to good early in games. I think it's a uh, one of the most important things a quarterback can have, improve, and 
all the great quarterbacks have you know been good late in games. Where he's at after these 20 games, let's sum it up like this. Where he's at after these 20 games, is he where you thought he would be less than what he thought he would be or better better than you thought he would be when 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 look, you know, looking back and look and then looking ahead to the, at this 20 game mark. I would say he's a little bit below where I thought he would be, but in that general vein of a quarterback that can win you some games, but can he compete in a ultra competitive AFC? That has always been my concern, and that concern remains true today. I would agree. I thought he'd be a little bit better. You know, I honestly was was kind of hoping for a better start overall to this season. Now they are five and three, yada yada, game, you know, game winning drives, all like that. I thought I thought he would be better than what he's been so far, especially this season. More practically. We expect Kenny Pickett to be the quarterback the rest of this year, obviously. And, and next, year. next year, I was going to, yeah, that was my next point that we expect him to be the quarterback next year. You've when, got to, you've got to figure out, you've got to, you've got to make sure you're not throwing them on the trash heap too early. Sure. Um, and we assume there'll be a coordinator change still next year. And so we'll see how it looks then. I assume the time to, honestly believe this team could or should look for, for a different quarterback will come post 2024 if the results are not there yes is that your expectation okay yes yeah, that, that's my thought as well should should they entertain the idea of a quarterback for 2024 after the season if the results stay about where they are today uh, the only way i would do that is uh is in the later rounds just because i want somebody else younger I uh, would like to get Trubisky off the books, uh, and 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 who knows? You know, obviously the odds of finding the next, you know, Purdy and all like that. I I just I think they need some more youth in, in that quarterback room. Well, so. let me sure. Let me reframe it though. Should they look for a first round top tier quarterback in the twenty twenty four draft? No. Why? A where they're probably going to pick is probably not going to be conducive with getting one of the top three or four, whoever that might be. And second, uh, they can continue to build or they've got other areas that they, they need to address uh, on top of it. And for, and for a rookie to come in and start right away, isn't likely to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, right out of the bat, it just feels like you, why not put that draft capital into something that, if you had to go a quarterback in, 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 in the following year, whatever way free agency or, or the draft, you, you would have stuff around him. That's fair. I, I guess where I was coming at it was what is giving you the confidence after this year? And I don't, I don't mean to, to lead you to an answer. I'm trying to ask this open-endedly, but uh, what is giving you the confidence to pick it is going to be the guy, because if you're, you don't think he's the guy, then the focus has to shift towards quarterback. Yeah, I, I just feel like a middling team right now, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, they're going to uh, be a, a uh, nine or ten win team, wild card type team. Right. And, you know, there was a time you think, oh, man, ten, ten, ten wins sounds like a lot. But I, I think you got to look past that, you know. Yeah, it's a 17 game season now. So an extra game gets you know, it's 10, 10 games is like the old nine games, you know, which isn't bad. And, and it, you know, they probably a, a tick above middling if you get in the playoffs, you know, you you take that. I'm not going to be mad about that. You buy the lottery ticket and you see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, worry that they're going to be this, you know, wild card type team, one and done type team, nothing more, nothing less. And what does that get you? 
Right. Now, look, if he comes out and pops up a 7.75 adjusted net yards and he's could because, look, you got you got several divisional games, still tough ones. Right. You got Cincinnati twice. You got Baltimore uh, once you got uh, Cleveland once, you know, so within these other games on the schedule that look good for the way the Steelers play football right now, especially when you look at what's on the other side uh, of some of these teams are going to be facing. Uh, it, it's a mixed bag, right? It, it, it's, 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 it's half tough games in division and half games out of the division that you damn sure better win. Uh, so if you come out of these, uh, these final nine games and Kenny has a totality because one game is not going to shift the sample size all that much, although you would mm-hmm. like to see, uh, one of those, get him come out of one of those games with a Justin net yard, single game performance of like 10 point, you know, uh, 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 something. Uh, but I think where the hope is, is he plays uh, wh- where the games that'll be interesting to watch from here on out are the division games, plain and simple, for, for, for several obvious reasons. If he can play well in those in-division games and then do what he's supposed to do in, in these other games, that that's where I think you build the hope from there. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's uh, a great point. I think those four games, remaining four games, really get magnified now that we've reached this 20, 20 game mark with him. Sure. I think it's a really, really good point. Maybe the best point to make about, about Kenny Pickett is because Pittsburgh's goal is to always win the Super Bowl. But what they always say is our first goal is to win the North, win the North. And then you have the path to win the Super Bowl. And if you look at what Kenny Pickett has done against AFC North teams in his career so far, he is four and one against the AFC North in his career so far, uh, excluding the, uh, he got knocked out early against Baltimore. We won't count that against him because he barely played through one pass. Um, he's 2-0 against Baltimore, 2-0 against Cleveland, and 0-1 against the Bengals. He's thrown five touchdowns and one interception across those four games. So if you're looking at it from the standpoint of how do we first win the AFC North, Kenny Pickett has come up large in these AFC North games. But I just don't want to win those games. I want to come out of those four remaining divisional games with with uh, maybe a, a a combined seven adjusted net yards for passing, you know, uh, I want style points. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But when in the North, man, like sometimes I just go, just win, win the game in the North. I don't care how you do it. Just come out on top. And well, I assume if, we're, if, if, we're, if, if we're boiling going... it down to that, then we're boiling it back down to, well, all they've done is win. they've, they've won five games this year. Yeah, but I mean, they end up winning nine or ten games. I mean, well, I'm just trying to say from the North standpoint, because those games are close and they are tough. And, you know, you're facing some really talented teams. You're facing some the Bengals that are really good and the Ravens that are really good. And I imagine that if you're really taking it to the North rest of the way, Kenny Pickett's probably making some plays that help you get to that point. Okay. I mean, I assume they go three and one again over those four games. I imagine Kenny Pickett is making some plays. Okay. I don't know how you could beat those teams without Kenny Pickett doing anything, especially the Ravens and and the Bengals. Like these are quality. And look, I mean, once again, the Browns got great defense, you know? Yeah. These are great defense. The Ravens have a top defense. The Browns have a top defense. The Bengals maybe have lost a little bit, but it's still a good defense and and a really good DC and Lou Anarumo. So, I mean, if if you can produce and win, you're doing something right. Right. My hope is that we're, we're, we're having to question that, Maybe Kenny Pickett's a saltine. Yeah, right, right. And is he the Ritz cracker? I think is what you're, right. you're trying to identify right now. Anyway, 
long conversation there. I'm sure some people will be unhappy with our commentary. I think we try to be fair, talk about the good, talk about the bad, and just see where things go the rest of the way. Well, also, too, we've talked about that 20-game mark, so it's only fair to have mm-hmm. this conversation now and not not put it off because we have stressed that, uh, and I know I have, I'd like to see a good 20 games of these guys, and you know, of these quarterbacks, and we have now. How on a, I wouldn't even do a scale, but just how confident are you that Kenny Pickett is the guy of the future for this franchise, you know, five plus years from now? Uh, not very, not saying, and that, and that's kind of what it boils down to. Isn't that just the question to ask and answer getting past everything, all the particulars. Is that just the, the only thing that really matters here? Is, is he the guy or is he not the guy? Right. I've got to see a lot in, I and and once again, I, I think style points play into that. I've got to see some style points in these final nine games for me to think, okay, maybe, you know, uh, maybe it took him a little while and, and obviously using the coordinator uh, uh, crutch, if you will, within that. I've got to have confidence that no, no matter who the coordinator is, moving moving past this year that he will take a definitive step forward moving and building upon what he has done positive in these final nine games but i mean how how far can you move that that line in the sand back you know talk about 20 games okay well they 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 gave their their opinion on these 20 games and now they want to see these next nine and definitively these next four in division and then is it going to be, well, you know, the new coordinator's coming. He played okay. Mm-hmm. He he was he was better. What's gonna happen? You know, we'll get him next year. Sure. No, I understand that. So yeah, I mean, we're just gonna have to, to I keep thought watching. he I thought he would be a little further along than what he is now. End of story. That's my analysis on him. You can win games with Kenny Pickett if the games go the way that this team has had them go in his first season and a half. Yeah. And again, I know people will still say it, but we don't, we don't hate Kenny Pickett. We don't think he's a terrible quarterback. You just, when the bar is set so high, given the talent that's around him in the AFC and the, in the North and India conference, just, you really have to try to find a way to match that. All right. I think people are either, either happy. We had that conversation or mad or they're ready to us to get past it. One of them. Right. Right. All right, Dave, I think we covered all the topics today. Let's get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show. All right, let's sort them here. I'm sure I think we're going to have more emails for the next show that we do based off this conversation. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, let's see. Daniel writes in quick question about your weekly guests who cover the opposing teams. I'm curious as to how you find them and get them to come on the show, particularly for the guests who have never been on the show before any team is bound to have a ton of people covering them. But among those are the plenty of hot take artists who can't discuss teams, makeup strategy, strengths, blah, blah, blah. When you're approaching a week with a team who, you know, you'll need to get a guest for what's your process researching. It's Daniel. It's not as in depth as it (laughs) seems really. Uh, It's a, who, Hey, ideally we would like to get a beat writer, you know, someone that, 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 you know, it, you know, covers the team on a daily basis. Uh, we've been blessed overall, I think of not really having what we would call, look, we had, I, you know, some of these guys, you just build a relationship. We had Eisenberg for years and, 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 and Scott Patrick and, and, uh, man, you, you name some of these guys that, that are instant kind of go-tos, uh, 
we've been lucky. <laughs> I I think we've just been lucky. You know, uh, uh, who, whoever will answer the email first, you know, uh, uh, kind of, and it's not, look, it's not like we send three emails out. We, we pick a guy and give them time to respond. And if they don't respond, then, then we move on to, to the next guy. So, and the NFL has a black book on all these and they're easy to, to locate their emails and all like that. So, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not anything other than, I guess, process and getting lucky with some quality, quality of the guys that we get overall, Daniel. Yeah. And, you know, we play a lot of these opponents just, you know, year after year. So you kind of know these guys and they know you and yeah, that, that, that's all it is. It's just, just, just asking somebody if they want to come on, hopefully you build a relationship and go from there. Uh, Brian writes in a uh, huge win against the Titans last week, but I have a gripe with something. If our coaching staff wanted to show confidence and support of our offense, winning the coin toss and taking the ball followed by being rewarded for that choice, a great methodical TD drive down the field, and then a huge 90 plus yard drive to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Why didn't the coaching staff have the same confidence to let Pickett and the offense try to get the first down to seal the game with two minutes left at midfield? Yeah, we've talked about that. Uh, attitude reflects leadership. Maybe what this offense needs more than anything is some consistent trust instead of always leaning. Uh, on the defense in my eyes we passed a chance to seal the game and put all of our faith in the d to pull it out which ended with all of us holding our breath at the end as usual i think the key point uh, that you have there brian is as usual i mean uh, tomlin's kind of got a track record overall of not kind of being aggressive at the end of games in general well i mean it's really no surprise a defensive coach who has a better defense than his offense is going to trust his defense to make those plays at the end of the game as opposed to his offense there's a reason why tomlin sets the bar so high for the defense to the point where he says yeah three turnovers are are good we appreciate that but they're just not quite good enough to help out our <laughs> offense and so that's the mindset and he's not necessarily wrong about that the offense has struggled so much overall and the defense has made splash plays and so he trusts his defense to get the job done. Um, you don't hear him criticize the offense too much in his press conferences. He'll go after the defense more because I think he knows the defense is capable of more than this offense is capable of. And that gets reflected in the end of game situations. Uh, Bryce has a question about this team bringing in officials at practice. Tomlin said he would bring in officials to address the penalties they got this week. Do you guys know the rules around bringing in officials to practice and would it make sense for the officials to be at practice every week so guys can rep the proper techniques that won't get them these silly flags? Uh, hey, I would I would guess there, there's a cost involved in that. Uh, I don't know the rules about could you – could. I mean, could you have officials at every practice if you wanted them? And are you talking about NFL, a full? Yeah, that's NFL? my question. Are these NFL like full like right. officials? They have to be NFL affiliated. If they were like high school or college, they're not maybe a different set of rules or different just guidelines. It has to be NFL officials. You would through, think right? you would have some that have uh, 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 point of emphasis knowledge right. and right. And, and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, the short answer is Bryce, we don't know the, the exact particulars on that. It'd be a great question uh, for Mike Tomlin to, to, to field at, at, at Tuesday's press conference. You know, what, I'm sure he will not be asked about that, but he should right? be. I agree. You know, what, what are the particular, you know, what, what is the minutia involved in that? I, I, we'd be interested in know it as well too. Yeah. I don't have much knowledge about that. I know they have my training camp. I've always one kind of wondered, are those NFL officials or they're just like, you know, college guys that do the St. Vincent games. I, I I don't know, but 
good question there, but good to have the officials regardless because this team has to clean some things up. Um, with, oh. with, are you concerned Joey Porter with the penalties, or how do you kind of encapsulate his performance against uh, DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans? Uh, I'm just glad to see a guy out there moving around, falling <laughs> around, number one receiver, and 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 doing some of the things that he, he's done so far. Uh, I haven't really given a lot of thought to the penalties so far, to be honest with you. I mean, I know there was the whole uh, grabby thing coming out of, out of out of college, and he had his penalties there and all like that. Uh, I, I think he's still trying to uh, learn learn the NFL game and all like that. So, if more of them stack up, I guess I'll become. More, I I haven't given it a lot of thought. I wasn't too worried about it. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see the penalties happen, but I, I think he's not been uh, incredibly penalty frequent. Id, oh, that's that's not said well. Um, he's not been. He's not caused too many penalties this year prior to the Titans game. And to me, Hopkins is a really physical dude who's going to challenge you. He's going to put his hands on you. You got to match that physicality. Is it going to draw some calls? Yeah, it will. It did. But I thought the totality of it was that Porter made a lot more positive plays than the negative ones. And I think to, to match against a guy like Hopkins, you have to be, you have to kind of push the envelope a little bit. And I just think there's a guy that's capable of doing that. And that's the only guy on the roster that is capable of doing that kind of stuff. Uh, Hazem writes in uh, two quick questions. Do you, uh, with uh, Holcomb out, do you see Nick Herbig getting any time at inside linebacker? He has great athleticism and instincts. Did he get inside linebacker reps in training camp? I Look, uh, Nick has exceeded expectations, at least mine and I think Alex too, of what he's done on the edge right now. I can't imagine that with Holcomb going down right now, there'll be any onus on trying to play Herbig off the ball or anything like that. I don't think there's, I think they got enough guys on the depth chart and, and practice squad to, uh, to handle that. Let, let Nick continue to make progress on the edge. Yeah, I, I would agree. Overall, they did do a little bit of three outside linebacker stuff late in the game. I love getting TJ Watt off ball for a couple of snaps and they had a specific uh, rush package in there. Uh, I don't know if it was for him because they, they did it with Quan earlier in the game, but you may see, you may see some wrinkles, though, with the you know, they, they've run three outside linebacker packages before. So we'll see how they adjust. I imagine they're going to have a, a wrinkle or two to throw in there. I think they they have all intentions of keeping Nick right where he's at and continue to try to develop him. And I think he's 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 really represented in, in, in the snaps that he's played. I think he's represented himself really, really well and better than I thought he would uh, uh, the day he was drafted. Yeah, that's fair. But I just wonder, you know, use some of those free outs linebacker stuff. Maybe Golden gets over the A gap or Watt or Highsmith. Not not just the overfronts, but we'll see. I imagine they're gonna throw something in there. Uh Kenny's accuracy issues related to hand size. He had some accuracy issues at times when he played at Pitt. Unlike quarterbacks with bigger hands that can grip the ball easier, I feel his spotty accuracy can be attributed to his hand size. Do you think there's merit to my argument? Short answer, probably not. I don't. I don't look at that being the issue. I think that's more of a mechanical type issue than than anything else. Um, I, I can't say definitively because we can't make his hands larger and see how it looks with that. But no, I don't think that's the other uh, reason. I, I haven't gotten the sense that hand size. That's a lot. I have not thought, man, he missed that. If only his hands were bigger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, Chris. Right, Sam. Good morning, fellas. As I listen to your Friday's podcast and talking about Cole Holcomb, is there any possibility? Oh, another one for Nick, uh, inside linebacker. No, uh, as we, Chris, as we just answered in the other email there, I, I would, other than what Alex said of, you know, having some of these three outside linebacker looks or whatnot. And even so, I, I, 
when you want Nick on the outside and either uh, uh, Highsmith or, or, or Watt inside, if you're going to do something like that? Yeah, you, yeah, probably. I, I agree with you there. Uh, Todd writes in, after watching the game last week, what do you think of Kenny's progress? Uh, no sense for me, us to, we just had a long talk about, uh, Kenny Pickett. So we don't want to, uh, uh, go back through any of that, Todd, but hopefully you enjoyed our conversation on, on, on Kenny's progress there. Let me see if I can get to, uh, uh, one of Troy. Troy's got several questions here. Uh, forget the social media drama no drama with george my concerning concern is his choice to pout at the end of game and not even congratulate deontay when he scored watch the replay george immediately exits the field to play and sulks on the bench which way do you lean on the following george bouncing back and turning into a more mature player better teammate or is this the beginning spiral uh, blah, blah, blah. Or will it depend on his targets and catches over next? Look, another thing I don't want to you know, waste a lot more time, uh, with on that. We'll hit another one of his second questions here. Uh, have you looked at the Steelers points for and points against in the second half of games this season? Hint, I have. Shouldn't there be more narrative that the Steelers get better as the game goes on and, and outplay their opponents in the second half instead of a constant drum beat of how bad they are on offense? I think it's what we talk about. We talk about this is a team built to try to win the final fourth quarter in the final five minutes. That's kind of how they're, they're bad starting teams. They try to rise up late. So I think we've encapsulated what the model of this team is for all season now. Right. Uh, let's get into specifics here real quick uh, for them. Pull it up. Uh, they have, and this obviously isn't just all, all offense, but the Steelers have scored 55 uh, points in the first half of games this season and 78 points in the second half. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I, I hadn't run the uh, official numbers, but yeah, they're uh, better at the end than they are at the start. All right. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure where, what he's wanting us to do there. Should there be more of a narrative that Steelers get better as the game goes on and outplay their opponents in the second half instead of constantly beat, beat, drum beat of how bad they are on offense? The question is just about can you sustain? Can you have that as a model consistently? I mean, you know, right now, yeah, but in the playoffs and to win a playoff game, that's going to be a lot tougher to do. You got to get off to some faster starts. You're not trying to dig yourself out of a hole and having to, to win the final. 15 minutes. So yeah, we, we acknowledge this team certainly plays better in the second half. They're built to try to keep the score down and close early and then capitalize late. That's how they won basically all five of their games this season, right. uh, this season. All right. Uh, obviously we've run about uh, almost two hours here. So hopefully everybody enjoyed the way the conversation went today. And I bet we're going to get some emails about our Kenny Pickett uh, breakdowns. Feel free. Uh, let us know what you think about the Kenny Pickett uh, conversation and the George Pickens conversation. Are you worried about George Pickens? Is is he going to get a second contract uh, uh, with the Steelers? Uh, is is this smoke that's going to become fire? Or is it smoke that's going to be snuffed out when it comes to George Pickens? Uh, send your thoughts. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on tw me on Twitter at Cedars Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, CedarsDepot.com. Hit the donate button. Also, if you like an ad free version, CedarsDepot.com. Hit the ad free uh, button. So uh, until Wednesday, and tell people about the live stream tonight, Alex. 
Yeah, Dave and I back with our Monday live stream. So that'll be 7 p.m. Eastern time until 8 p.m. So you can give us your real-time thoughts and commentary on our real-time thoughts and commentary. Should be a good time. All right. Uh, until Wednesday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.